It's Wednesday, June 7th. Do you know what day it is? It's today in Sports Betting. Yes, it's a Wednesday. It's the midweek. It's hump day. What are you doing today? Hopefully you're watching some sports. Big game in the NBA tonight. Uh, don't want to say it's a pivotal, pivotal, let me start again. Don't want to say it's a pivotal game, but if Miami wins, uh-oh, there go fireworks for the panic on the Denver button. And a full slate of Major League Baseball. Welcome again. I'm your host, Doug Reed, and as always, you can follow me on Twitter at Doug underscore Reed 34. Always appreciate any comments, thoughts, feedback you have, and if you can go to your podcast provider and rate and read the show, ideally a five-star rating would be a great benefit to me and to the team here at Sports Ethos. This is the Sports Ethos presentation. If you haven't already checked this out, go to sportsethos.com. ton of information, whether you're into wagering, whether you're into uh, fantasy sports, whether you're into DFS. Podcast across all major sports. We got a ton of podcasts. If you're an individual fan of teams, there's probably something uh, there for you. And we've got a lot of packages that are very reasonably priced. A lot of things going on here at Sports Ethos. We are blowing things up in a positive way. So you really need to get on board and check us out. But let's get, before we get into sports, let's get into some memorable events on June 7th in sports history. 2004, Tampa Bay won their first Stanley Cup. They beat Calgary 2-1 to win the Stanley Cup 4-3. Four games to three. In 2010, Bryce Harper went number one overall to Washington. I remember that. He was hyped as, I think he was on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Yes, Sports Illustrated. Hopefully some of you remember that. A magazine delivered to your doorstep weekly. He was on the cover of Sports Illustrated as a 14-year-old, this upstart kid from Nevada who wasn't going to college, and he was going to buck the whole process, drafted number one overall, and clearly uh, it has paid off. Him and Steven Strasburg put Washington on the map, helped them win a World Series, and what are we, 13 years later, the number one overall pick, uh, Bryce Harper, on this day in 2010. In 2018, the Washington Capitals won their first Stanley Cup. So a big day to win your first Stanley Cup, apparently. Uh, they beat the Vegas Golden Knights 4-3 and win the Cup 4-1. Um, the crazy thing about that is Vegas is back. That was Vegas's what, first year, I think, or second year? Uh, Vegas is back in the Cup now, and they're up two games nothing. Looking pretty good to win the Cup. I think they're going to win their first Cup. Hell of a uh, expansion franchise, which they're not anymore, but they've done really well since day one in their existence. So a little walk down memory lane. On to the wagering angles tonight. We have, as I said, game three in the NBA final. Series tied 1-1. Denver won the first game at home. Then Miami came back in as a, what, eight and a half, nine point underdogs and won. And we go to Miami. Denver is favored by two and a half total. Here's 214. This number, I think I think if you got it real early, you could have got it at one or one and a half. I grabbed it at uh, minus two for Denver on FanDuel a couple days ago. It's at minus two and a half right now. I still think that's a fair number for Denver. I would lean to that on Denver. When I look at the, the, the numbers, 78% of the bets and 89% of the money coming in are on Denver. Now, th- that shows a minus two and a half. A number, number of those bets could have come at 
come in earlier when it was minus one, minus one and a half, minus two. Uh, but the majority of the money is favoring Denver. I'm on Denver. I think uh, they got a wake-up call last game. I think they can come back. And I said originally they're going to win in six. So they're going to have to win a game in Philly now. And I th- or in Philly, in Miami now. Uh, even if they split, they can go home uh, 2-2 and then win the next two. But nonetheless, I think they're going to win. I think they should be able to cover this. The number is 214. Opens, I think, about 215, depending on what, what book and how fast it got on. About 215, so it's come down a little. I'm not really on the side. Uh, uh, the total either way, I see, what do I see? About 35% of the bets, but 56% of the money. So the smart money, um, the pro money is leaning towards the under. Um, stay away from me there. I'm on the Nuggets minus two to uh, win and probably cover. You can get them on the money line at about minus 140. The Nuggets plus 120 for the Heat. Uh, if you don't feel comfortable with the spread, although it's a small spread, probably money line is the way to go. Either way, I'm on the Nuggets to win, take the 2-1 lead. And frankly, I'm probably on the Nuggets again, even if they lose tomorrow. Somebody asked me the other day in our Discord, if they lose tomorrow, are you still on the Nuggets? Yeah, I'd probably still be on them because I think if they lose – the Heat are coming back at uh, minus one and a half. The Heat are actually minus one and a half, minus two point favorites it, going into game four. And I definitely be on the, the Nuggets then. So um, it's Nuggets or nothing for me. We'll see how that goes. Going to take a quick break and then get to the Diamond where we have a full slate of 15 games tomorrow. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Before we get to the diamond, um, heading back to the NBA, I'm not a big prop player in the NBA, but uh, my buddy Keith, uh, who's a director of content here at Sports Ethos, has a few props for tomorrow's game that I think are interesting, and I'm going to actually follow him on this. So if you don't follow Keith already, he is at Ethos Keith, which is E-T-H-O-S Keith. And uh, he does a great job, loves playing some props. He's uh, He's been doing all right in Major League Baseball as well. And he's uh, had a pretty good season in the NBA. Um, host, he's uh, not always, but one of the hosts on our DFS uh, podcast for the NBA as well. And here's a couple of props I just saw. I was just talking to him about earlier, and he's on these. One is the um, over 11 and a half how many, for uh, Jokic rebounds tomorrow. So over 11 and a half, it's about minus 135. Uh, I see that at. And he's also on rebounds for Kevin Love on Miami. So Love's getting a little bit bigger role. Over five, oh, pardon me, over four and a half. But minus 165. So you're playing, paying steep prices. You're going to get five rebounds. Uh, Keith is on that and thinks he will. And then finally, on DraftKings, you can get Jokic assists under nine and a half. Keith is on the under nine and a half. So he thinks he's probably not going to double double tomorrow. And I probably back him with that. You know, the one thing with uh, Miami is their biggest, their biggest asset, their biggest strength is Eric Spolster, their coach. Butler's great. Bam's great. All those other guys are great. 
But to me, the only reason they're in this and this far is because of their coach. And I think he's going to devise a way to, and I think he thinks as well, going to devise a way to um, um, combat Jokic underneath and take, try and, eh, I don't want to say take him out of the game. You can't really take him out of the game, but maybe sl- uh, slow him down a little. So uh, Keith is on the Jokic under nine and a half assists for tomorrow. So a few props for you. They're not mine. They're Keith's, and Keith's been doing really well uh, in the prop market in the NBA. So. Some food for thought. On to the diamond. So tomorrow in Major League Baseball, 15 games, full slate of games. And we start, you know, it's 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 an interesting slate. It's a Wednesday. There's a full slate. Sometimes Wednesdays are travel days, but not tomorrow. Full slate of games. And there are a lot of weird pitching matchups. Uh, I couldn't get my head around a few of them. I've got a few plays, and, they, and I'll get to those in a second. But a lot of... Um, openers, younger pitchers, can't really get a feel on. Not like a prospect's coming up, just kind of middle-of-the-road pitchers that I'm not really – I don't want to say a huge fan of because I don't know know who they are, but don't really want to back them one way or the other. And the first game is uh, in Pittsburgh, 1235 in the East. We have Oakland in Pittsburgh. And Hogan Harris on the hill, lefty for Oakland, gains – Ronzi Contreras uh, for Pittsburgh. You can get the home Pirates at minus 175 and the road A's at plus 150. Total there's 8.5, just the over at minus 120. It's money clearly coming in on the over. And this is exactly what I mean. Logan Harris has only pitched 10, 10 to third innings, 6.97 ERA, 1.26 whip. Can't really get a feel for him. Don't want to back him. It's Oakland. Never want to back Oakland. Uh, the way they've been playing. But they just dropped an 11 spot on Pittsburgh last night, beat them 11-2. So I don't think that's going to continue, but uh, not really sure what to expect. Pittsburgh, not as bad, but a challenging team as well. Uh, Contreras comes in 56 innings, 4.82 ERA, just 42 strikeouts in 56 innings, 1.41 whip. So, uh, not impressive numbers, a good-looking prospect, but I can't back the Pirates. How do you back the Pirates at minus 175 against anybody? Uh, flip side of that is I'm not really sure I can take Oakland. If the, you know, if there's any value, it's here at plus 150 on the money line. Two bad teams. Oakland, obviously, worse. Um, is Hogan Harris worse pitcher than Contreras? His numbers indicate probably not that much worse. But uh, who knows what team's going to show up. So going to pass on this game. Next game is 4-10 in the East. We have Seattle in San Diego to face the Padres. You can get the home Padres in minus 120 in the money line. Uh, the Road Mariners plus 100. Total here is 8. Juice to the under at minus 120. Uh, pitchers duel is expected. And I actually got this under earlier today at minus 110 on DraftKings. I see them at minus 120 now. On uh, FanDuel, I'm looking at FanDuel. The total here is, yeah, minus 120. So I would not take the minus 120. If you can get an under 8, minus 110, minus 115, chop around. Minus 120 is a little steep, probably moving down. So if it goes to 7.5, I would not be touching this. And I think this is a very good pitching matchup, and that's why. You get on the hill for the M's, George Kirby, 71 innings, 3.04 ERA, 1.01 whip. Just six walks, six walks and 71 innings. This kid, 
knows how to command the strike zone. Only 58 strikeouts, so he's not getting a ton of swing and miss stuff. He doesn't have a ton of swing and miss stuff yet, uh, but he's a very good-looking pitching prospect, and he's not hurting himself by putting a lot of batters on. And he's in San Diego, which is a pitching-friendly venue, so probably not a lot of runs given up by Kirby. Flip side of that is Michael Waka, the reinvented, and I don't want to say reinvented, but the reborn Michael Waka. 62 innings, 3.48 ERA, 1.15 whip, 57 strikeouts in 62 innings. So he's always been close to strikeout and inning kind of guy, uh, but doing very well this year uh, for the pot. So I think both pitchers are doing well. Uh, both teams are struggling, which which surprised me because I actually had Seattle as a uh, playoff team and, uh, you know, a potential – I didn't think they're going to win the West because I thought Houston would, would, although Texas is leading the West in the AL – and, but I thought that the lineup was do, would, would do a lot better, and San Diego just hasn't broken out. I think they will wake up, but they, they're not there yet. So two struggling offenses against two very good pitchers so far. I see this is going under. As I said, the eight is at minus 120 right now. Not sure I touched that. I got it at minus 110 earlier. If you can get it minus 110, minus 115, jump on that. But um, minus 120, I wouldn't. And if it drops to seven and a half, I definitely wouldn't touch that. Next game. We are in Philadelphia, where the Phillies host the Tigers, and you can get their home Phillies at minus 250. Pretty sure I've never dropped a minus 250 line on any team, unless I had some crazy kind of profit boost uh, bonus in there. You get the Road Tigers at plus 210. The total here is at 8, juice to the under at minus 115. And... Uh, Yeah, I'm looking here. I see the total of eight and minus 115. The money's been coming in on the under, but that's when it was at nine. It opened at nine, nine and a half. So I think that's probably maybe the Tigers switched. Um, I'm not really sure why that came down so much. It's not. Uh, minus, the eight is at minus 115, which means money's coming in on the under. And as I see on DraftKings, it opened at nine and a half. It's going to nine. It's come way down. So I wouldn't touch that. Most of that money has obviously come in when it was at nine and a half or nine. And if anything, I would look to the over at minus 105, uh, only because who is Reese Olsen? Only pitched five innings, uh, one start. When I when I look through uh, his numbers, I think he had one start. So he's not necessarily an over. Yeah, one start against the White Sox, five innings, two hits, two earned runs, a walk, and six strikeouts. So a decent outing. Uh, Phillies bats are clearly better than the White Sox. And you get Zach Wheeler on the other side for the Phillies. Comes in 68 and two-thirds innings, 4.33 ERA, 79 strikeouts. Very impressive. 1.21 whip. Decent. Not Zach Wheeler that we expect. But um, definitely good enough to hold the Tigers in check. I can't lay 250. Minus 250. Uh, the run line, minus 125. So total here is eight, not a high number. Phillies are at home. They're going to go. You assume they're going to win. One less at bat, uh, go, not hitting in the bottom of the ninth. And the run line is minus 125. So not going to touch that either. 640 in the East, we have the Royals in Miami. And you can get the home Marlins at minus 180 versus plus 155 on the money line for the Royals. Total here is 8.5, juiced evenly at 110 on both sides. And... 
Edward Cabrera, young prospect who I think he's kind of losing that prospect luster because he walks just too many guys. Um, but he's on the bump. 58 innings, 4.50 ERA, 1.43 whip. In 58 innings, he has 76 strikeouts. Very impressive. 36 walks. Not impressive. Now, he's facing Kansas City, uh, so a team that doesn't generate a lot of offense. But 36 walks, that is his Achilles heel. So if he can stay out of that, he should be able to shut down Casey quite easily. Um, but if he starts getting to walk trouble, it could be a problem. The flip side is Jordan Lyles, who is probably one of the worst, I, I think, um, starters so far this year. His record is 0-9. That's tough to do. Uh, I know we don't look at win-loss record anymore. We're not allowed to look at that. It's kind of like you can't look at ERA either in modern-day baseball. But uh, 0-9, that's a tough record. 66 and two-thirds innings, 6.89 ERA, 1.32 whip. In 66 and two-thirds, he's walked 24 batters. Uh, that would be part of his problem. He has really struggled. When I pull up his game logs, uh, it, it's been fairly consistent all season long. He has, I think he's, has he lost every game? One, two, three, four. Now, he started 12 games, so he's lost nine of the 12 games. The uh, Royals have lost every game he's pitched, hence the minus 180 line on Miami. Uh, but his, not, his last game against Colorado was decent, five innings, two hits, one earned run, a walk, and eight strikeouts, but they lost 7-2, so the bullpen blew it. Uh, after that, against Washington, Decent offense, offense hit better against lefties and righties. They lost 12-10. Five innings, six hits, five earned runs, two walks, three strikeouts. The White Sox before that, not a good offense, lost 5-1, five, five innings, four hits, four, uh, four hits, five runs, four earned runs, three walks, five strikeouts. Against Milwaukee, 9-6 they lost. Two and a third innings, four hits, seven runs, seven earned runs, three walks, and two strikeouts. So he has given up more than four earned runs in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of his last eight games. So I would look to a first five total here. And it was not, well, well, I think it might be up now. It wasn't up when I was looking early, but it's Miami. The challenge is, can Miami actually get there? I'm not really sure they can. So Miami, first five innings, over two and a half is minus 110. That's a tough one. Um, Lyles is someone you definitely like to target on a first five play. And the question is, can Miami get there? And do they have the offense, especially in, at their park, to get there? So Miami, first five innings over two and a half. Not sure I'm going to be on that, but we'll certainly consider it. Um, because Lyles has just been dreadful. Just absolutely dreadful. And... I just can't back Miami at minus 180. I don't know if they have the offense to really – I think they have the offense to get to him, and he's been giving up runs to everybody. But I can't back him at minus 180. And the run line at plus 115, I'm not really sure I'm on that either. Next game, 640 in the East. We have Minnesota in Tampa to play the Rays. And this is an interesting game to me. So you have Pablo Lopez starting for Minnesota. You have – 
Well, I see Sean Armstrong on one site. I see Cooper Criswell on another site. Really relevant because it's going to be an opener. It's going to be an opener that nobody really knows. You can get the home raise with an opener. Nobody knows at minus 130 in the money line. The road twins at plus 110. Total there's eight and a half juiced both ways. Uh, I'd actually look to the raise money line. Uh, sorry, not money line. Run line at plus 145. Uh, this year, Tampa is 36 and 27 to the run line, 57.1%. So they're definitely cashing a fair bit uh, and doing well there. And when I look to Lopez, sorry, he comes in with 71 to third innings, 4.54 ERA, 1.16 whip. So he started out really hot and he's slowed down lately. His first four or five outings were. If you listen to my show, um, I, I thought he was a Cy Young contender, and I think he's definitely he, he's having a good year, but he's definitely fallen off that. Last outing uh, against Cleveland a week ago, five and two thirds, so not a good offense, not a good offense against righties. Five and two thirds, eight hits, six earned runs, one walk, five strikeouts. Part of that against Toronto at home, good offense, five and two thirds, five hits, four earned runs, three walks, six strikeouts. At the Angels before that, six innings, five hits, two earned runs, three walks, nine strikeouts. Prior to that against the Dodgers, obviously a very good offense. Four and two-thirds, five hits, five earned runs, uh, no walks, and four strikeouts. Against the Dodgers, you give up three home runs. Against the Jays, you give up uh, two home runs. So Tampa has... One of the best um, offenses, obviously, in baseball, and they've been hitting for a ton of power. So I don't think when I look at uh, the ISO metric, so which is basically isolates power, Tampa's got the best ISO at 0.258 in all of baseball. When I look at one runs created plus, uh, Tampa is also number one in baseball, 158. League average is 100, so they are... 58% better, basically, than league average. So I don't think backing um, Lopez is really a good idea because he's been struggling lately. He's been giving up some home runs, and Tampa is not a team you want to be giving up home runs. Certainly, they've slowed down from their super hot, hot start. But I think uh, I can't uh, – I don't want to say I can't jump on them at minus 130. If there's a – you know, DK profit boost that comes out tomorrow. They've been doing that, a lot of that lately. This is probably the game I jump on. They can get a 50% profit boost. Get the raise at minus 130 at home. You're getting them, uh, you get them into plus money. But at minus one and a half, you know, it's going to be a bullpen game, whether it's Armstrong or Cooper Criswell, who I've never actually heard of. He's pitched 17 and two thirds innings this year. I still think uh, there's going to be value there. And I think they can get the Lopez. So I might look to the run line at plus 145 for the Rays. Next game is in Washington, 705 in the East, and the Arizona Diamondbacks are in town. You can get the road Diamondbacks as a favorite at minus 130, the home Nats at plus 110. Total there's 9.5, choose to the over at minus 115. So obviously money coming in the over and runs expected to be scored. And that is because of the pitching matchup. On the hill for Arizona, Zach Davies. Just 18 to third innings, 5.4 ERA, 1.64 whip. And Patrick Corbin on the flip side for the Nats. 
67 and two-thirds, 4.92 ERA, 1.481, whip. And it kind of makes me laugh to say that those are actually pretty darn good numbers um, for Corbin. He struggled to start. He struggled all of last year, and then he struggled to start. Um, and he's had some good outings lately. Now, when I look at what Arizona's done against lefties, I'm trying to pull up their numbers here. They are decent against lefties, not great. Uh, their batting average, 14th, 15th in the league at uh, .264. They're on base at .319, is right around there as well, 18th in the league. And they're slugging at .425 against lefties. Puts them kind of mid-pack as well at 14th. So they hit lefties well. They don't hit them great by any means. And Corbin, when I look at his game logs... Again, struggled. He's four and five, which I, I think he lost his first three or four outings of the season. So, so he's righted the ship a little. They've actually won his last four games and five of his last six games. They put up a lot of runs. They've scored. They've won when he started. They've won ten six against the Dodgers, 12, 12 10 against Kansas City, five two against Detroit, ten three against the Mets. They lost four one to the Giants, and they beat the Cubbies four three. His last few outings. Uh, no, he's righted the ship, but it's all relative. Righted the ship for Patrick Corbin. Against the Dodgers, they won 10-6. He went five innings, seven hits, three earned runs, four walks, two strikeouts, gave up two home runs. Against KC, where they won 12-10, six and a third innings, seven hits, six earned runs, four walks, six strikeouts, and gave up a home run. Beat Detroit, not a great hitting team at home. Beat them 5-2, five, five, six innings, six hits, two earned runs. No walks, three strikeouts, gave up a home run. So he's been giving up too many home runs, walking too many guys. Um, but somehow he's been somehow he's been uh, pulling out the victories. So I don't really buy it. I'm not really backing it. And the D-backs at minus 130 is probably the play. When I look at the splits, nah, there's no, not really money coming in either way to lead me one side or the other. And maybe even minus 125 on the uh, run line. Although I don't really want to back Zach Davies. Uh, Washington's been a decent team. Uh, better against lefties. But when I look at Washington, what's Washington doing against righties? Um, not very well. Batting average 251 is 25th in the majors. They're on base of 314 is right around there as well, or sorry, a little more better than that at 19th. And they're slugging of 374 against righties is 26th overall. So haven't been doing well. And when I look at their, if I can pull up that WRC plus against righties, Washington has not been doing that well. And their WRC plus is 89, 100 being the average the number 22. So they're below average, 11% below average WRC plus uh, weighted runs created. So they're not putting up a lot of offense. I'm not really sure that Davies can shut them down, but I think they can get the, to uh, Patrick Corbin. So when I look at the, if I can find this, I think they should have this up as well. Yeah, they have the uh, first five innings, which I love to play against Patrick Corbin last year. Made a ton of money going against him in the first five innings. Washington. First, uh, sorry, Arizona, first five innings over two and a half. 
is minus 130. Not really a number I want to back. Washington, on the other hand, over 2.5 is plus 115. So decent number there. But don't know that I back the uh, D-backs offense to get to him. But I do back the D-backs offense to get to him eventually and to be able to win. So I think 130 in the money line is a decent price. 125, plus 125 in the run line is probably a decent price as well. Next game, we go to New York where the White Sox are in town to continue their series against the Yankees. And just pull off the game here. Uh, the Yankees come in as minus 135 favorites. The road White Sox are at plus 115. Total here is nine. Juiced on neither side at minus 110. And I'm seeing a little bit of lean to the money coming in on the White Sox and the run line at uh, the plus one and a half, plus one and a half run line. Um, minus 165. I'm not really going to lay that kind of money. Lance Lynn goes for the White Sox and Randy Vasquez goes for the Yankees. And I think this is a bet against Lance Lynn. 67 a third inning, 6.55 ERA, 1.51 whip. He'd been pitching better lately. He got rocked his last outing. And he seems to be doing well until he gets to like the 6, 6 plus, And then he kind of uh, runs out of steam. Vasquez, on the other hand, uh, he's only pitched four and two-thirds innings. So kind of relevant to even look at him. I like the uh, Yankees minus 135 in the money line. The White Sox plus 115. I like the White Sox here. I think Lynn is pitching better, and I think he's slowly riding the ship. Um, and the Yankees, without Judge in the lineup, he's going on the IL, uh, are a depleted offense that aren't, I think, aren't going to be able to put up the same number of runs. And I think the veteran Lynn should be able to shut them down. I'm not on this game, but I'm definitely lean to the money line of plus 115. Next game is in Toronto, where the Astros continue their series against the Jays. And you can get the home Jays at minus 150 in the money line. The road Astros plus 130. Total here is nine, juice to the over at minus 120. Warm day in Toronto. Sun's out. Roof's open. Runs are expected to be scored. I'm actually on the Jays run line, which I was on tonight and cashed. And tonight they're or tomorrow they're at plus 125. On the hill for the Jays, Chris Bassett. And on the hill for the Astros is Ronel Blanco. That's what I said. Ronel Belenko. Back to my original comment about a bunch of pitchers. I'm not really sure who they are or what their status is. So can't really figure a way to back Ronell here. And the Jays, bats are coming awake. Bats has been having a good year. Comes in 74 innings, 3.41 ERA, 1.07 whip. Uh, Blanco comes in 17 in the third innings, 4.15 ERA, 1.9 whip. When I pull up his game logs, uh, doesn't really show me a whole lot of who he is or what he is. Last, well, last game against the Angels, pitched five and a third, seven hits, two in runs, three walks, five strikeouts. So decent outing, but peripheral is not that great. Prior to that, uh, didn't pitch more than two innings. So I'm not really sure if this is going to be an opener. I don't think it's going to be an opener. I think they're uh, maybe trying to stretch him out. But um, Bass has been pitching well. Blanco is an unknown. The Jays' bats have been well. Altuve is out for Houston. Lineup is a little bit, not in disarray, but a little bit banged up. So happy to back the Jays here. Not going to back them in minus 150. So jump into the run line of minus, uh, sorry, 
the run line, jumping that to plus 125. I'm actually on that. Next game is Cincinnati with the Dodgers continuing their series with the Reds, the high-scoring series that it has been. You can get the Dodgers on the road at minus 170 in the money line, the home Reds at plus 145. Total here is 11. This is slowly becoming Coors Light. I probably shouldn't call it that, actually. Um, Coors Light South, North, uh, East, I guess we should call it. Um, next to Coors Field in Colorado, these totals are by far the highest. Now, I know Cincinnati has weak pitching and um, a decent offense. Obviously, their ballpark plays two runs, but these numbers have been crazy lately. So the Dodgers are minus 170 in the money line. The home runs plus 145. Total here is 11. Juice to the over. So money's obviously coming in on the over. Uh, right now, I see 60, 42% of the bets on the over, 67% of the money. But it opened at 10, and it's up uh, It's up to 11. So I think most of that money came in when it's at 10. Regardless, Noah Syndergaard's on the hill for the Dodgers, and Brandon Williamson is on the bump for Cincinnati. Syndergaard comes in 52 and a third inning, 6.54 ERA, 1.39 whip. Williamson, the lefty, comes in 21 innings, 4.29 ERA, 1.33 whip. Now, the Dodgers struggled against lefties this year, but they are definitely improving. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I was definitely fading them against lefties, and they have moved up a fair bit. So when I look, where are the Dodgers here? They moved up quite a bit, actually. Uh, they were one of the worst teams against lefties. Um, a couple weeks ago, they were the, one of the worst teams against lefties. Now, when I look at the average, they're still struggling in the average. They're 229, 27th overall, uh, but they're... On-base percentage is getting better, 325. Still not impressive, but kind of more mid-pack against lefties. They are 13th overall. And their slugging percentage, which has always been good, but 472 puts them at third best overall against lefties. So they're definitely waking up against lefties. Williamson is not a good one. Can't back them at minus 170. The run line, even the run line is minus 110. Stay away from me. Maybe if you uh, are into props, look for some stolen base props in Cincinnati because Syndergaard is notorious for letting players run on him. But uh, can't back the Dodgers at minus 170. Can't back them on the run line at uh, minus 110. And the total of 11, if anything, I would actually look to the over. It's minus 115, so that indicates the number's still going up. I would look to them at the over. Next game is in Cleveland, and we have the Guardians. Facing the Red Sox. Just trying to pull this game up here. And you can get the home Guardians at minus 130. The Road Sox at plus 110. Total here is 8. Juice to the under. So a bit of a pitcher's duel expected uh, at minus 120. Tanner Bybee is on the hill for the Guardians. 39 third innings. 3.20 ERA. 40 strikeouts. So just uh, basically a strikeout inning, 1.12 whip, has a good start to his career. Cutter Crawford is on the bump for the Red Sox. 33 and two-thirds innings, 3.48 ERA, just six walks, very impressive. 33 strikeouts, so basically one inning, 0.95 whip. I think that's why you're expecting a low-scoring game. The Guardians offense obviously struggles against everybody. And the Red Sox offense has been doing fairly well. Better at home, uh, but fairly well. And I'm not really on this game. I like Bobby here. Uh, minus 130. I just don't like 
I was going to say the tribe. Can't call them the tribe anymore. I don't like backing the Guardians because I don't think they can score. Bobby could pitch a great game, and they might lose 2-1. Uh, so I don't want to back the minus 130, and I'm definitely not on their run line. Plus 155. That's a juicy number, but are they going to win by two? I'm not really sure they're beating anybody by two. So stay away game for me. Next game is definitely the pitching matchup of the night. And I think one of the games of the night, if you're a baseball fan, definitely try to find this one. Um, although it's in Atlanta, and I think there's a huge issue with Atlanta's rights and finding Atlanta's games. I'm not sure they're on the MLB package. There's there's one team, I think it's Atlanta, who doesn't sell their rights. Anyways, that's not what we're here to talk about. The Braves are at home, minus 120 favorite. The Mets, plus 100. Total here is 9, juiced one, minus 110 on both sides. I'm actually surprised it's that high. If anything, I would lean to the under uh, because of the pitching matchup. For the Mets, we have Max Scherzer, 47 two-thirds, 3.21 ERA, 1.09 whip. Do it as Max Scherzer things. Excuse me. Uh, for the Braves, we have Charlie Morton, 64 and two-thirds, 3.62 ERA, 1.44 whip. Not doing his Charlie things. But he does have 72 strikeouts in 64 and two-thirds. And the Braves, uh, sorry, the Mets are prone to strikeout. Uh, strikeout. So let me see if I can find a prop for old Uncle Charlie here. And the, nope, don't have the props up yet. Hopefully in the morning they can look that. I would maybe look to a, sorry, not for Morton, for Scherzer, a strikeout prop. Because the Braves are definitely prone to striking out. Great hitting team, definitely prone to striking out. Uh, you can get the Braves, like I said, minus 120. I'm not sure which way I would go here. I think I would actually lean towards Atlanta on the run line, plus 160. I know it's a big number, but if they're going to win, uh, they can probably get to Scherzer for a few. I mean, if they're going to win, Martin's going to have to have a good game. That means they got to get to Scherzer in the bullpen. So I'm not sure which side it is, but if I'm going to pick one, I'm probably into the run line of the Braves, but a stay away from me. Next game, Baltimore is in Milwaukee to face the Brewers, 740 in the East. You have the home Brewers at minus 145 in the money line. The Rotos at plus 125. Tolier is eight, juice to the under at minus 115. It's money obviously coming in, in the under, which I'm not really sure I'm back, but I don't really necessarily want to take a side here. For Milwaukee, their ace, Corbin Burns, who is not necessarily pitched like an ace. His numbers are decent. 69 two-thirds, 3.75 ERA, 1.18 whip for the Orioles. Dean Kramer's on the hill. 65 innings, 4.43 ERA, 1.42 whip. And I backed the O's tonight, and they let me down. They were up and by the eighth, and then they blew it, and they were plus 110 on the money line. Didn't cover, and I think this is going to be another game like that. Back and forth, can't really – Pick a side. Burns is a much better uh, pitcher, obviously. But Baltimore is a much better hitting team this year. So I'm not really sure which way I want to go. Stay away from me. Next game is in Texas, where the Cardinals continue their series against the Rangers. The Rangers, minus 145 in the money line. Road cards, plus 125. Total here is nine. Juicy over. Somebody's coming in on the over. And, um, and when I look, I see a 56% of the bets and 86% of the money on the over. They're not open at nine. It's at nine and a half. So a lot of that money might have come in at nine. 
but I still see nine at minus 120. I actually think I would lean to the under here, plus 100. Not on that. Instead, what I'm on is the Rangers money line. Uh, sorry, the Rangers run line. So at minus one and a half is plus 140. Reason being, John Gray's on the hill, who I like, and I'm back, and I like backing him at home. Uh, he's had a good year, year and a half in Texas, and he pitches better at home, but he's, ha- he's pitched well everywhere uh, in general. And Jack Flaherty's on the hill for St. Louis, who has really struggled with his consistency. Flaherty comes in 63 and a third innings, 4.55 ERA, 1.52 whip, 35 walks. That's your problem there, Jack. Stop walking, guys. John Gray, now there, 64 and two-thirds, 2.51 ERA, 1.04 whip, 51 strikeouts, so less than a strikeout inning, but he's just been doing uh, a good job at limiting contact and controlling runs. When I look at uh, hitting against right-handed pitching, so how a team is done against right-handed pitching, which Jack Flaherty is, Texas. Batting average, 273, the best in baseball. On-base percentage, 336, tied with Tampa for the best in baseball. Slugging percentage, 460, the best in baseball. So they're basically number one in the three categories of the triple slash line. And then when I go to their ISO, uh, not not their ISO, um, Sorry, WRC plus, wins created plus. They're number two in baseball at 119 behind Tampa. When I go to their ISO, they're at 185 against righties, which is fifth best. So they're hitting for power. Uh, Their WRC plus is elite. And their triple slash line, they're the best in baseball. And they've just been rolling, rolling. So I like them to win at minus 145. Again, if I get a DK 50% 50% profit boost kind of thing. Maybe I'll look at this game versus the game I mentioned earlier. Uh, but I like them to win and against Jack Flaherty, who's really been struggling. I like them to put up runs and John Gray should be able to hold the cards. Uh, I believe as well as the cards are doing, I think John Gray should be able to um, keep them in line and trying to pull up what the cards have been doing against right-handed batters, which is, they're not, no slugs themselves, 250 average against righties, which is ninth in baseball, and 326 on base percentage puts them at uh, 11th, 425 slugging puts them at ninth. So top third in baseball, but they're not the Rangers. Rangers are the best offense, I think, right now in baseball. Them in Tampa, you can argue, but triple slash line says it's, it's the Rangers. Going against Jack Flaherty has struggled. You get the cards who are a top third offense in baseball. Going against John Gray, who has had a really good year. All things point to Texas. And at a juicy plus 140 uh, run line, I think there's a fair bit of value there. So I am on the Rangers at plus 140. Second last game of the night is in Colorado. In another game, I just don't know what to do. Um, I'm not really sure I bet more than one or two games in Colorado at any angle, <coughs> excuse me, in the last couple of years. Um, San Francisco's in town, regardless of my rambles, to play the Rockies. You can get the Road Giants at minus 200, the Road Rockies at plus 170. Total here is 11, a little low, a little low. And the juice to the under, surprising. 
at minus 115. A little low for a typical Colorado game. You can get the Giants at minus 130. How many times do you see a road team run line of minus 130 in Major League Baseball? Very rarely. You get the home Rockies on their run line at plus one and a half at plus 110. There might be some value there. But it's a pitching matchup comes down before the Giants. you got Logan Webb on the hill. 79, 79 innings, 2.85 ERA, 1.04 whip, 82 strikeouts, just 15 walks. Had a great year. Connor Siebold, on the flip side, not such a great year. 41 and two-thirds, 5.4 ERA, 1.51 whip. You know, all things point San Francisco. Their bats have been doing well lately. Colorado is crap in the bed on the road like usual, but even at home lately, they've been really struggling. But I can't lay 200 on the minus 200 on the Giants, and I'm not laying minus 130 in the run line now or ever. So stay away from me. Webb's on the hill. Um, probably should be able to live in Colorado, but it is Colorado, so I don't want to touch a run uh, total there either. Last game of the night is in Los Angeles, where the Angels host the Cubbies. You can get the home Angels minus one. Oh, excuse me again, minus one thirty-five for the Angels on the money line. You can get the road Cubs at plus one fifteen. Total here is nine, just the over at minus one twenty. So obviously money coming in, and I see the total here uh, open at nine. I see some books is up to nine and a half on DraftKings at minus one twenty. So it's moving to nine and a half probably soon. 57% 57% of the bets, but 90% of the money is on the over. And I think that's, again, due to the pitching matchup. You can, uh, for the Cubbies, they start Jameson Tyon, 37 innings, 7.05 ERA, 1.51 whip. Really been struggling. 11 walks, which is decent. 35 walk, uh, strikeouts, which is decent. He's just given up too much uh, contact. Jaime Berea on the hill for the Angels, 34 innings, 1.59 ERA. Uh, 1.00 whip, having a good season. And the Angels come in minus 135 in the money line. The road, Cubbies plus 115. I think there's probably some value on the Angels at at minus 135. The run line of plus 140, I think there's a fair bit of value there as well. If anything, I would look to the Angels at plus 140. When I look at Tyon's numbers, uh, he's pretty much struggled all year long. Last game, pitched decent. At San Diego, so struggling team in a good pitcher's park. Five and two-thirds, three hits, one earned run, no walks, three strikeouts. But his four outings prior to that, he gave up, up at least four runs, four earned runs in every game. Uh, versus Cincinnati, terrible off, not a good offense. Four and two-thirds, six hits, four earned runs. At Philadelphia, two and a third innings, six hits, eight runs, six were earned. Prior to that, at Houston, four and two-thirds, seven hits, four and runs. Prior to that, at St. Louis, two and two-thirds innings, five hits, four and runs. So, you know, recently San Diego and Cincinnati, not great offenses have hit him a bit. Philly, Houston, St. Louis, better offenses hit him. Prior to that, back in early May, at Washington, three innings, three hits, three and runs. He struggled all year long, and... Like I said, I think the value here is backing Berea and the Angels. Uh, can't really back them at minus 135, but I think a run line of minus 1.5 plus 140 is you know higher number at 9, so runs are expected to be scored. So I'm willing to back a home team a little better on a run line there. 
and I could see I could see um, Otani and Trout and the boys getting to Tyon early and often. That's 7.05 ERA, 1.51 whip. He has really been struggling. When I pull up, uh, let's see what he's been doing. Sorry, just bear with me for a second. I'd like to look a little deeper into Mr. Tyon. And uh, what's his... Sorry, his ERA on the season, as I said, um, his FIP is 4.12. Sorry, WHIP is 1.51. On the season, trying to pull up his stats here. My system is not helping me at all. 2023, there we go, 7.05 ERA. Uh, a fifth of 4.12, which indicates he's been a little bit unlucky, a lot un unlucky actually. But I think as I, as I read those numbers earlier, um, I think he's been hit hard by a couple of good teams, but also hit hard by a couple of weaker teams. So I'm not really sure that I want to back him. And I think back in Berea, who's had an up and down career, but 34 innings, pits pretty well lately, just a, or lately, uh, one, exactly strikeout per inning, 11 walks and 34 innings, decent number. And uh, I like the Angels offense better than Chicago. So I'd probably take him and them being the Angels on the run line at a very nice price of plus 140. So that's 15 games in the majors. One game, number three in the NBA finals. Stanley Cup finals go tomorrow. Um, with back in Florida with the Vegas Knights up two games nothing. And I think they're going to close that series out in five, maybe six at the most. I could see Florida winning one game at home, but then going back to Vegas. And if that isn't the clincher, then heading back to Florida for the clincher. Anyways, we'll talk about that tomorrow. I like, uh, I like Denver. I got them at minus two. They're about minus two and a half right now. I'd even play that to that point. I wouldn't play them probably above three. Total 214, I'm not really on that, staying away from that. A uh, few games in the majors I like, a few angles I like. Hopefully, hopefully you enjoyed the show. You got some thoughts, some angles, some bets you can make. As I said earlier, uh, any comments or feedback, please send it to me at Doug underscore read 34. Please go to your podcast provider and rate and review the show. That definitely helps me, helps my crew here at Sports Ethos. And if you haven't already, follow Ethos Keith. He's great for NBA props, uh, knows his NBA basketball. He's on a few Jokic props tomorrow, uh, which should be interesting to see if they come through. So hopefully you enjoyed the show. Hopefully you can make some money. Hopefully we can also make some money. And hopefully we can have a great day in sports betting. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.